Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. How's everybody doing this morning? I uh, hope you're enjoying your uh, spring rain, which is uh, seems to be happening all across the country. This morning, we're going to have Seth Maxwell, Indiana Wesleyan Wildcat basketball. Uh, Seth, as you know, is a seven-foot center, first-team All-American, Crossroads Player of the Year, as well as Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he has a very interesting story. Uh, he has wide and varied interest, which he's going to talk about. He's also going to talk about what it means to him to be part of Indiana Wesleyan basketball, what it was like to play with his brother. Seth is a very nice young man. I think you'll enjoy his story. So why don't we just give a listen to Seth Maxwell, first-team All-American Indiana Wesleyan Wildcat basketball. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Hey, uh, I have uh, Seth Maxwell. He's an All-American at Indiana Wesleyan University. Welcome, Seth. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Bill. I want to talk to you about your bas- your basketball career all through high school and how you got to Indiana Wesleyan. But before I do that, Seth, I just want to tell you congratulations on your career. And I know it's not over so far. You're going to play another year. But your career there at Indiana Wesleyan, it started your freshman year. You were on the all-freshman team, received honors every year. And this year you made NAI first team All-American. I just want to tell you congratulations. What an honor that is. Thank you so much. It's been a blessing being a part of this team. Seth, you you grew up there in uh, Pennsylvania at Clark Summit. You went to a- Abington Heights. Uh, I couldn't find a lot on that basketball team. Was that how, was that a big school, small school? Tell me a little bit about uh, uh, playing at Abington Heights. I mean, I think it was kind of a medium-sized school. Um, we had good competition in the area. Being right next to Scranton, we had some good schools in Scranton that we would compete against, and. Uh, we had some good players come out of there, so um, that, was, that was a good school to play at. You know, I ask, I ask guys this a lot. How old were you? What age were you when you thought, you know, I, I can probably play in college? I don't know. It was kind of, it was probably pretty young because I feel like I always kind of followed in the coattails of Evan, my brother. And yeah. he would, like, he kind of had that goal before I did. And then I just, like, once he, once I knew he could do it, I was like, yeah, I, I could do it too. So it's kind of like. I don't know. Since I was pretty young, I knew I could, and I knew I had the the talent and ability to do that. And my dad always instilled in me to get an education, so it just kind of was the plan, you know. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So your brother seven foot seven one. You're seven foot. Where does the height come from in your family? Um. Well, my dad's like six five, and my mom's like five eleven, and my grandma's six two. So that's oh. like all the height. <laughs> okay. That's all the height we have. So. I think my grandma mainly. Everybody just expected you, basically. I'm, ass- I'm assuming for you to be a basketball player, right? You're a tall guy. Uh, you're built like a basketball player. Just probably, I'm assuming it was always expected. Yeah, it was pretty much expected since I was young. I mean, my parents, like my dad, was never an athlete, so he never really expected me to play sports, but he knew I could. And I mean, I think everyone else's expectation was for me to play at uh, the next level. So, and I really wanted to as well. So that's how the plan went. So after Abington Heights, uh, you went to the Hill School. Now, that's is that a prep school? Yeah. So I'm I'm from the West. We they're not they're not very prevalent out here. So you know, just kind of explain to me what what is a prep school? 
Um, yeah, the prep schools are huge in the Northeast. There's a lot of good leagues up there. Um, a lot of NBA players went to prep schools and things like that. So the prep school that I went to, which is how most are, is a boarding school, and you go there, and usually they have really good athletics. And um, the reason why I went there was I had a lot of, like, offers in high school, but I wanted to play at a higher level. I was trying to get, like, high major D1 offers. So I went there at a, for a fifth year um, just to get exposure and things like that. And um, God obviously had a different plan for me, bringing me to Indiana Westland, which I'm very grateful for. But um, a lot of times people will go there to get more exposure for um, college recruiting and things like that. Okay, I asked a friend of mine about prep school, and that's the way he explained it. He said a lot of times just what you just said. You know, I do want to ask you, when you were there, you played with uh, Chase Ottage. He went on to Northwestern. You played with Caleb Dorsey. He went to Penn State. Uh, Nick Alicakis, I probably said his name wrong. He went over to Westchester. Uh, that was a pretty good team, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was probably the best team that I played on in high school. I think they were a little better than um, my my previous high school. Um, and that was just an awesome experience, uh, living on campus with those guys and um, just playing hoops with those guys. And we ended up winning the state championship, was, which was awesome because we were always getting so close in high school and we could never get it. So coming to this school and we were able to win it in that one year I was there. Um, and yeah, like guys like Chase Adige and Nick Alcakis, those guys are like my best friends. I miss them a lot, but I know they're doing great things at the schools they're there at. You finished up at the Hill School. You had uh, a great year there. You kind of touched on it, but Evan was already over at Indiana Wesleyan. How did you end up going to Indiana Wesleyan? Uh, yeah, I, at first I just, I had like a one track mind. I wanted to go D1. So I just, I didn't really see it super realistic going there, Um, but I would continue to go on visits to schools, and I just had a gut feeling that I wasn't supposed to go to those places, Um, and I just started praying about it a lot, and just there was this one day where I just like was praying about it, and I just felt so much peace about going to Indiana Wesleyan, Um, so I didn't tell the coaches yet, but I went on a visit, and then it it was kind of confirmed at the visit, and I decided to commit. So who was uh, who did you have the most contact there at Indiana Wesleyan? Was it Coach Tonigal or one of the assistants recruit you, or how did that yeah, work? Mo- mostly Coach Clark. He was the first one to call me, and uh, he's just a really relational guy, and I appreciated that because I I was not a fan of the recruiting process and everyone's like sales pitches mm-hmm. and like talk like just trying to like sell me the school, but he was just a lot more relational. Um, I mean. Maybe that that was his technique for his sales pitch, but it definitely worked. So yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful that, I, that he recruited me. So you get to Indiana Wesleyan, you're a freshman, you're playing behind your brother, and you know you get to play basketball with your brother, and you're playing behind him. You guys were really good that freshman year. You know what was that like playing with Evan? It was it was awesome. I love I like being a freshman. Obviously, I didn't mind playing behind him because I had to earn my minutes, and he he's a great player. So. Um, we were kind of a tag team. Like when he would get tired, they just put me in there. And where he lacks on defense, I I am good on defense. And where I lack on offense, he's great on offense. So like we were just a, a good tag team. And I just loved um, just having a college experience with him. Did it help or hurt? Okay, here's what I'm trying. When when uh, a freshman backs up somebody, they they're usually trying to pick up you know you, the college game. You're trying to learn a lot from him. Was it easier or harder because he was your brother? Well. I don't know. I think um, I think he taught me a lot about basketball, and we're two very different players. We have different skill sets. Um, so to be able to pick up on certain things that he learned from four years of playing college basketball was um, just amazing. 
just being able to play with a guy that good because I feel like at any other school I wouldn't be playing with a guy that good I wouldn't be playing behind a guy that good so any little thing I could pick up from him and learn from him was a was a blessing for sure yeah because he was definitely the best in the country that year oh yeah that season at in Sioux Falls one of the best basketball games I ever watched was that Dakota Wesleyan game do you remember that game oh I do the <laughs> The stands were packed with all their fans, too. It was crazy, wasn't it? I mean, it was like yeah. a home game for them. And then uh, yeah. Ty Hoagland, uh, I can't remember exactly, but Ty Hoagland hit a, a three, and it looked like they were going to beat you. And remember, the the crowd just rained down on you. And yeah, then uh, I mean, t- talk about when Mangus hitting that three at the end. Yeah, I mean, we, we all believe that we could win it, but obviously it's kind of tough. Like being, I think we were down 12 at one point against basically like a home crowd. And when Kyle came down, I mean, he's shot that shot a million times. And we like, we kind of knew it was going in. And it was just awesome celebrating after that game. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, you guys had a great team that year. You were defending national champions. You went 30 and six. You ended up losing in the round to eight. Uh, but wow, what an experience for your freshman year, huh? Yeah, that was awesome. Just I'll always remember those seniors that I got to play with and how they showed me how to play basketball, the I am third way. And then, uh, you know, your sophomore season, yeah, yeah, you had another great team. That was that 2020 season. Uh, you guys were just mowing them down toward the end of the season. You won. Going into the tournament, you beat Mount Vernon by 32. You beat Spring Arbor by almost 30. Bethel by almost 30 or over 30. You know, how did you feel going to, you remember, you got, that's the one that got canceled. How did you guys feel about your chances going into that tournament? Um, well, I think we all thought we were going to win it. Like, uh, even talking about it now, we're all like, yeah, we were going to win that year. And obviously, like, you never know. Like, the tournament is crazy every year. It's always a challenge. But I think we all were just confident that we were going to roll through teams that year. Um, and then to just see the cancel, the tournament get canceled, was, um, it was just kind of heartbreaking, especially for the seniors. But, you know. We just moved on, and we were grateful for the the success that we had despite it. Yeah, it was an amazing season for you. That you were uh, that was the first year you were All American. Your third team All American. You were the uh, Crossroads Defensive Player of the Year, All Crossroads First Team. You one thing you you were fourth in the NAI that year in blocks. You've always been a good shot blocker. What obviously you're seven foot tall, but what makes you a good shot blocker? There's a lot of technique to it, isn't there? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've been good at it since I was young, so it's always been pretty natural for me. Um, and coming to college, it was kind of an adjustment because guys will try to avoid getting blocked. But, you know, I, I think I've been just blessed with good timing and um, good footwork to get to the spot and things like that. So, I mean, I probably could give people pointers, but I think a lot of it's just natural ability. For your height, you also are, long, you know, long. And that, that helps a lot as well, too, you know, having long arms. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, moving on to your junior year, you had another great team. That was uh, Kyle's senior year. You went 30-3. and three. What did you play? One game before Kansas City, and then you got to Kansas City, and you had to play Bethel? Yeah. I, our la- the game before that was – well, two games before that was St. Francis, and they just whooped our butts worse than I've probably – we've ever gotten beat. Um, in my career so we were all just kind of flustered after that one um, then we got one win before going out into playing Bethel so yeah didn't you have to win one game before you played Bethel yeah that's what I said we we played we lost to St. Francis and then we had 
the opening round of the national tournament where we played. I don't remember who we played, but we got one win before going out to the national tournament. Or, or no, that was the first round of the national tournament. But yeah, that's before we went out to Kansas City. You knew you were going to have to play Bethel for a third time. Yeah. What was the mood of the team going into that? It, you know, it's so tough playing somebody a third time like that. Yeah, I mean, um, we kind of knew that it's always a tough time, but honestly, we kind of took them a little too lightly. Um, I think we all just kind of expected to win. Um, we were a really talented team. We already beat them twice. Um, so, I mean, we were just shocked when they came out that well. We just didn't have enough time to adjust. Uh, I think they just came out with a, a better, better game plan. They ended up beating you by six, and that was the end of the the end of the Mangus era, right? In which you know yep. y- your whole time at at Indiana Wesleyan, you'd played with Kyle Mangus. Uh, he got a lot of the ink uh, for deservedly so. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great player. Yep. But, you know, w- when that era, if you will, ended, a lot of people kind of checked the box and said, okay, you know, Indiana Wesleyan's going to gonna have a drop-off. And you know that happened. Did that kind of stoke you guys up a little bit to think, no, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to come back and we're going to be just as strong? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people just doubted our ability to be as good as we were and I mean even I think the coaches kind of were wondering how the season would go but all of us players we were just like uh, we didn't let any of that get to us we knew we had to prove that uh, we could have a great team despite any losses so you ended up this season you ended up going uh, 28 and 7 you uh, Seth you were uh, again the crossroads defensive player of the year first team crossroads as well crossroads player of the year you know, wow, what a great career you've had up to this point. You came into the tournament, uh, you had just lost two out of three. Did you feel like you were stumbling, or how did you feel coming into the tournament this season? Um, I don't know. I think we were just um, we just wanted to play our best, and we we were confident that we could win it. But obviously, there's there's a lot of challenges leading up to that point with a lot of different injuries, and so was, we were kind of struggling with just pulling it together near the end but I mean we still had confidence and obviously we played a good team and they uh, were able to beat us and we just move on and get ready for next year yeah I want to ask you about the that William Jessup game but after you beat Montreat there in Marion then you're going to play a team you're very familiar with Indiana Tech again did you have any concerns about that game uh I don't I think some of the times the concerns come from whether we have the motivation just to come out and just work really hard and beat teams. But whenever we play Indiana Tech, we always come out to play. We just have like a different chip on our shoulder when we play Indiana Tech ever since my freshman year, I think. Um, so we were, I think we might have been nervous because they're such a good team, but we knew we were going to come out and play our hardest just because we have that chip against them. Yeah, it's odd you say that because every time uh, you guys play Indiana Tech, I always anticipate just a really good game and you get you guys like in that tournament game I think you beat them by I don't remember 30 something you you beat them pretty good that punched your ticket up to uh Kansas City you know I do want to ask you about William Jessup is you lost that game man Seth I thought that was the worst first half you guys played all season that first half of that Jessup game that was a really bad first half a lot of our shots weren't falling uh, we just we didn't look like ourselves out there for sure. They beat you to the boards. They just kind of outplayed you. And then in the second half, you guys could have just cashed it in. And in the second half, I mean, talk about Dan Largy in that second half. 
Yeah, I mean, Dan. Dan's a competitor, and when that second half, he just went off, scored a bunch of points in a row. We get brought it within five when we were down 20. Um, so we were we were all feeling like, oh, maybe we could put this game away. We can get it back. And um, unfortunately, they went on their run after that, and um, it's just it's just tough going down 20 and trying to come back from that. Seth, especially I, twice. I thought the amazing part of that game. It, you're right. When I think Largy made his. I'm going to call it his run. I think he scored 17 out of 20 or something in, uh, I think it was like between 14 and 10 minutes or something like that. But with two minutes and 12 seconds to go, I think you were down by 18 or something. And with 12 seconds to go, it was a one possession game. Yeah. Talk about that game down the stretch. Did, did you feel like you guys had a chance down the end toward the end? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was kind of tough after, we came back within five uh, with Dan Largy's run, and then we went down 20 again. I mean, it's tough coming back from two 20-point deficits. Um, and then Griffin Cleaver, our freshman, just went off. Um, he ended up with 18 points, but he got us back into that game with one possession. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of hard to have hope, but once we once Griffin went on his run, we are like, wait, is this, even, is this possible right now? We could probably do this. And unfortunately, we couldn't get it to go at the end. Yeah, you know, like you say, when you're playing a really good team and you have to make that big run on them to to try to get back into it, and you know they were able to hold you off. I I thought you guys showed a lot of heart though coming back, not not just once but twice. I mentioned this to you before we started, but you know I talked to Kyle Mangus while he was over in uh, Czech Republic playing basketball. Your name came up, and he said you got to have Seth Maxwell come on to talk about his interest outside of basketball. Uh, well. Being raised by my dad, he always kind of instilled in us the love for arts and things like that. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I love playing piano. I'm a worship leader at my church right now, um, so I play piano, and I sing sometimes. I like playing piano more, though. And uh, I like things like painting and, I don't know, just just fun things like that. I have a lot of just random skills that don't really pertain to basketball talk about the piano where did you pick that up did you what did you go through some kind of formal training or did you just learn it on your own yeah well my dad played piano um still does and he taught me some of the basic skills when i was a little kid um so i took three years of lessons and i was kind of competing like do i go full in with basketball or do i go full in with piano mm-hmm. um, so i quit piano and i I didn't play piano very much for a while there. Um, and then I, I got back into it during college and I started learning how to play music for church and uh, got into a little jazz piano and things like that. Um, so that's like one of my favorite hobbies right now. Like if I have a choice between putting up some shots and playing piano, it's a, it's kind of a tough decision. <laughs> so I, I'll try to do both. And what about the painting? Are you still active in that? Yeah, I, I try to paint sometimes. I don't paint as much. Uh, I was a painting minor at school, but uh, just took too much time, so I had to drop that. But mainly during the summers, I like to just get some paint out and a canvas and just uh, make some fun paintings. Having those uh, varied interests, right? Because that's completely different than playing a competitive sport, right? The piano or painting. Do yep. you do you feel that that kind of makes you more rounded and probably helps both? One side is a very competitive side. The other side is a a very inward side, I would think it would almost make you kind of more complete. Uh, yeah, I, I think the part that comes more naturally to me is kind of the artist side. Um, so I've not I've not been a like extreme competitor in, in like 
like historically in my life. So that's kind of one of the challenges the coaches have sometimes is to get me motivated for basketball. So the latest thing that Coach Clark kind of did was just he tried to appeal to the artist side of basketball. Um, and like when I see things in like a beautiful way, like how God's created it to be and not so much like I'm trying to prove myself above another guy, things like that. Uh, it just becomes more fun for me. So when I see basketballs like in art form and like the flow of the game and how, how cool it is, like five guys working together. And um, I just find a lot more joy than just trying to like just beat another guy. You know yeah. what I mean? No, that makes a lot of sense. I'm completely at the other end of the spectrum. The other day I was talking to uh, Christian Rodriguez. He's at the other end of the spectrum too, right? You've played against him. Uh, yep. And sometimes I've always kind of gone through life like I'm you know running up against a brick wall and I admire mm-hmm. somebody like you who can you know kind of back up and, and has that that other side I think I think that's that's an important part of a good well-being yeah I think there's there can be extremes both ways and I like for me I'm trying to learn how to be more competitive or assertive um, things like that because even in other parts of your life you need to be more assertive and aggressive and things like that but then obviously there's another end of the spectrum where you might take things too seriously so i think um there's this kind of a a middle ground that uh, can be found so that's i'm still working towards finding a way to be assertive on the court while just enjoying the the beauty of it you know so what do you envision your path after basketball i know you have a year left i don't want to get ahead of the game but oh yeah so i'm gonna I'm going to finish out this fifth year and uh, work on my master's. Um, and then after that, I'm going to just take a shot at pro, whether that's, I mean, if I get an opportunity in the NBA, that would be awesome. But if not, then I'll go overseas and play um, overseas somewhere and enjoy the culture of whatever country I go to. And if, it would be sweet if I could play with Evan again. Yeah. Who knows if that could happen, but um, I'm just going to try to enjoy my pro career as long as God calls me to. You know, you have this gift of eligibility this COVID year. What do you want to accomplish this upcoming basketball season? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, educationally, I want to get a year done with my master's. I think I'm going to do a two-year program. Okay. Um, and then for basketball, uh, I am I just want to enjoy this time. I want to just really develop relationships with the younger guys. Um, I also just want to like develop as a man, develop my work ethic even more. Um, try to balance all the different parts of my life even better and hopefully win a national championship. Um, that's not what it's all about, but um, that's kind of just the looming goal every year. And I haven't been able to win one in my time. So that would be my goal this year for sure. You know, Seth, Coach Tonigal, he's built a great program, not only excellent basketball, but, you know, that's one of the most respected programs in the country known for turning out excellent young men. What has it meant for you to be a part of Indiana Wesleyan basketball? Yeah, it's meant it's meant so much. It's matured me in a lot of ways. It's provided friendships that have just built me up rather than tear me down like I've experienced that um, in other settings. Just coaches that care about you and want you to grow in your faith and in your abilities to play basketball and to do school. Um, it's just it's totally different than anything I've been a part of. Uh, so I'm just extremely grateful that I've been able to be a part of this place and that I can take these principles and these things that I've learned from these coaches and players and bring them to my life, um, whether in the workplace or just in any groups that I'm a part of in the future. 
You know, Seth, you you said early when you were at the Hill School, you were hoping to play a D1 ball. Well, I, I have been to Indiana Wesleyan, and I've walked through your facilities. I'm not really sure you'd be playing in much better facilities if you played D1 ball somewhere. That's a beautiful campus. Wow. It, isn't it nice? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, especially our locker room. We're more blessed than, than many people with that space that we have. And that student center, or whatever you call it, in the middle of campus there, with the, all the where all the shops and the restaurants and everything are, yeah. it's, it's very nice. It's the nicest small college campus I've been on. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's beautiful, and I love spending my time there. Well, Seth, I, I really appreciate uh, you spending time with me today. I wish you best of luck in the upcoming season, and I uh, hope you have a good summer. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, that's South, Seth Maxwell. All-American, uh, Indiana Wesleyan Wildcats. Thank you, Seth.